Before we start today's show, I just want to give a massive shout out to Acast for making this show happen. Thanks, Acast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Greetings, good day, good evening, good morning, good night, wherever you're listening right now. I hope this finds you well. Uh, welcome to the PJ Podcast for episode six, and I will introduce you to my brand new guest very soon. Before that, though, I thought I got COVID yesterday. I thought I finally succumbed to the vid, um, and I tested myself three days in a row. Still negative. Then you hear people who take like five days to actually get a positive result. I don't know. Anyway, I actually think it's just a cold because it's so freaking freezing where we live right now. Like our house, I didn't realise this when we purchased it because we purchased it in spring, but in the winter it loses sunshine at about four o'clock in the afternoon. It's almost like where we live, it's like an alpine town and you're in like a little lodge, a little cabin in the woods. I'm not mad about it. It's just an adjustment. And I think my immune system's like, what is this cold you speak of? Anyway, I'm going to get some radiators put into our bedroom soon. We can't have normal heaters because once we put an electric heater on and it zapped our power and we literally lost it all because we, uh, um, we have solar power and hydro and we're off grid and have to be very conscious. So then... <laughs> I just went on the biggest shitty brand. I'm so sorry. Let's get into today's guest. Um, I'm very excited to introduce you to Steph Claire Smith. Anyone who knows me knows that I was a bit of a freak before going to Melbourne. I used to follow her quite a bit. And then when I finally did move to Melbourne, I used to see what cafes she tagged and um, subsequently go there <clears throat> about an hour later. She was never there, thankfully, because that would have been really awkward. Um, but Steph, if you don't know who she is, she is a model, entrepreneur, and very successful business owner with her best friend, Laura Henshaw. They run Keep It Cleaner, which is um, a huge, huge uh, online fitness and health app. It's kind of branched into more well-being as well. There's, you know, meditation and yoga um, and they're killing it. So I want to talk about how that business came about, how the birth of that idea 
was born. Um, also, the unlikely friendship that Steph had with Taylor Swift when she lived in New York. Going to dive into that, plus um, how she is transitioning into motherhood and how she balances running a business with being a new mum. All of that coming up in my sixth episode with Steph Glearsmith. Hope you enjoy. Steph Clearsmith or Steph Clear Miller. It still doesn't roll off the tongue. I've just always known you as Steph Clearsmith. Do you still go? Like, what do you go as now? Yeah, work-wise, I'm still going as Steph Clearsmith. It's just way easier to to keep it that way. But uh, legally, I did change my name to Steph Stephanie Miller. But I just don't. I drop the Claire when I say Steph Miller because it just sounds weird. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so happy to be chatting to you. We miss you over here. Ditto. Um, for anyone listening, people will be like, why are you even interviewing Steph? You're going to know the answers to every question because you've stalked her for years. Yes, that's how we met originally. Steph ended up coming into the show after I had been a bit of a fan for a while. But then we actually ended up getting to know each other in Melbourne. And um, I have followed your journey since being back in New Zealand. And you've been through... A lot of life changes um, over the last couple of years. Um, I'm trying to think where we start. For people who don't, <laughs> like, for people who don't know who Steph is, you started out in the model industry when you were quite young, mm-hmm. didn't you? So how mm-hmm. old were you when you kind of got into modelling? Well, I did it for a couple of years when I was a child. So I did it between the ages of like I think maybe six and eight or nine uh, and then I stopped during high school except you know I was I was always putting my hand up for anyone that needed some sort of model or muse in their studio arts project um, and then I did a thing called model academy as well when I was finishing my VCE and from there I signed with Chadwick's my modeling agency as soon as I finished high school so when I was 18 was when I properly got into it. What was that like being a young woman in the modeling industry because I can imagine it would be ruthless and I just feel like your self-esteem would take a real dip. Did you experience that or did you actually have a really positive experience? From the beginning it was really exciting and really positive and I was really lucky that my agency was super supportive in me and who I was and everything and it really wasn't until I went overseas and kind of started working with different agencies in a different market where I suppose I felt the um, the harder parts of modelling, the industry that it is, uh, the darker sp- spots that, um, you know, are a little bit more well-known now to everyone else as to what actually goes on behind the scenes. And, yeah, that was a pretty shitty time and I absolutely lost a whole lot of confidence in myself and in my skin at that point in my life. I was 20 years old in America living by myself. So <laughs> it was, it was a lot, but it was, it was, I was there for probably about 10 months and it was really, really tough and it was a roller coaster of an experience, but I actually wouldn't change a thing <laughs> in a weird way. Wow. That must've been crazy going to America to model. I know that you became friends with Taylor Swift for a short time. I have to bring <laughs> it up. I'd kick myself if I didn't. How did that whole thing go? <laughs> when I saw you say that you wanted to ask me this, I was like, of course, PJ. <laughs> um, no, it's um, it's funny story. It's It was 2014, so a long time ago. Uh, but, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had the same personal trainer as Taylor Swift and um, 
I saw her one day in the gym. She was kind of finishing up a session with him while I was just about to start one and we were in the bathroom and there was a class going on just outside the bathroom. So we were kind of both stuck in there for a period of time and I walked in and I was like, holy shit, that's Taylor Swift. Like <laughs> cool, like cool, like cool. Anyway, and she just started chatting to me like, you know, girls often do in the bathroom and we just randomly started talking and we were talking for about 10 minutes and then she was like, oh, my God, how rude of me. My name's Taylor and I, I couldn't help myself. I was like, I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Um, but it was really, it was really nice. Um, she was really funny and we just got along and she found out that I'd just moved there and asked if I had, you know, any friends. And I was like, I have a few, but they're all Aussies. Like I haven't actually met anyone as in like who lives here or who's American. Uh, and she was like, oh, I can be your first American friend. And I was like, oh, lol. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, my God. that's so hilarious. Was it just like, was the friendship literally in the existence of the gym or did you ever go out for like a juice or coffee or? Yeah. So then she was like, oh, well, you know, I'll give you my number and like, let's catch up because I'm usually, you know, in and out of town and really, really busy, but I've got the next couple of months off and I've got so much downtime. And I was like, do you want me to give you my number so that if you regret this, later you can just just not message me like I legitimately said that because I was just so like what and she was like no don't be silly like gave me her number so I messaged her later that day and I was like hey it was really nice to meet you um hopefully catch you in the gym soon maybe we could do like a double sesh that's like all I said and she was like oh what are you doing tomorrow morning and I'm like nothing nothing at all (laughs) just do you want to catch up for breakfast so we then went to brekkie before doing a gym session together and at breakfast she was just talking about her life and it was so interesting because the way that she so casually would talk about her friends and then I would like dissect that her friends were like Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez. And, and like, like Gigi had because oh this would have been like the peak 1989 time was it yeah. or like just <laughs> yeah. prior to that. Yeah and it was just like I was but she was just so normal and like so relatable and everything that she was talking to and then after the gym session she's like oh I'm actually um, adopting a kitten possibly today do you want to come with me so then I was like yeah jumped in a you know private car and we went to Brooklyn she adopted a kitten and a photo photo that I took of her and her kitten on my phone ended up being in News Weekly because not because of me I promise you it was um, something that I shared straight away with her and and she must have shared it or something but it was just so weird to me that I was like oh my god I took that photo <laughs> Oh and then, my God. then she was like, oh, come back to my apartment. I've got another cat. I'm not sure how they're going to go together. I might need another pair of hands. So I was like, absolutely can do. And it was just, Paige, it was just like, it was really eye-opening to me because I was just like, this is possibly one of the most famous people I've ever known of, let alone met or seen in person. And they're just so normal and so down to earth and so welcoming and warm and, and just she just knew I didn't really have many friends and she was just and ripped to, up to be by the friend. media constantly as well. Like I remember she totally. was slammed back in the day. So yeah, that must yeah. have been a pretty sobering like experience. Yeah. Yeah, and then from there, like, we caught up a couple of times. We went to cafe a few times, the gym a few times. We went shopping once. Um, and then she invited me to her 4th of July, like, party no, in the Hamptons. she didn't. The one she when did. Tom Hiddleston was wearing yeah. like a singlet. I love Taylor. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I couldn't go um, because I had a, a trip to Hawaii booked in with my family and I hadn't seen them. Like, I was living overseas at this point, so there was no way I was missing that. Oh but I, sometimes God. I think back to that and I'm like, wow, I should have gone to that party. <laughs> 
Okay, that is so much more than I thought. Like, I thought maybe you just, like, met a couple of times. That's amazing. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Taylor Swift. No, no. We're here no, to talk no. about and you. And I also, I also want to say, I'm not in touch with her now, so it's not like it's been this, like, you know, lifelong friendship. Maybe. <laughs> she probably wouldn't remember who I am. <laughs> maybe one day. Maybe you guys will rekindle the flame. Um, I wanted to go back to something you talked about, about the model industry and, like, how down the track, you know, the insecurities did kick in. And I think... A lot of people would have looked at you over the years and been like, how could someone like her have insecurities? And I just think it's so interesting because everyone, it's so relative to every person. We all have our own insecurities. What were some of the biggest ones that you went through? So, I mean, on that point, it was really interesting. I was kind of opened my, New York opened my eyes to this as well, because in that same gym was a lot of Victoria's Secret Angels that I honestly would like shit myself when they walked in because I was like, holy, holy crap. Like, oh my God, I dreamed to be like, I was just, you know, fully obsessed at that point. And I would watch them look at themselves in the mirror and pick apart their bodies and the way they looked like so to the tiniest little detail. And I was just like, whoa, okay. These are these people that, you know, for some reason in my mind, I've always perceived them as like perfect looking and there's no way that they would have any insecurities, but even they do. And I think for me, it was just uh, another point where I was like, okay, everyone has their things that bother them. Everyone goes through stages, you know, as exactly what you said, it's, it's relative. And for me, Growing up, it was actually quite interesting. When I was in high school, I was quite a lean bean, really sporty. Um, and all I wanted was like J-Lo kind of hips, boobs and thighs and bum. And I just wanted to be curvy. I felt like that was more womanly. And I just I just felt like I even got a belly ring at one point. And because <laughs> I had quite a strong core, I yeah. thought I looked like – I thought I just looked manly. And I just didn't think it suited me. So I took it straight out. And it just – it's just funny because I then went through that and then got into the modeling industry. Um, you know, it was kind of the sample size eight to 10 and in Australia, they were happy with me at that point. And then I came over to New York where suddenly, you know, size six or smaller was more preferred. And I was growing into my more curvaceous adult like figure. Which is what you'd always wanted, right? And which then all is of what sudden, I always wanted, yeah. yeah. And then suddenly that was a problem and that I needed to, you know, shrink my bum and thighs and all that sort of stuff. So I began to, you know, be seriously insecure about my legs. Um, in my mind, they were just never skinny enough. Cellulite always bothered me. I have a birthmark on my thigh that I always thought was just an imperfection. Um, yeah, just all these different things that just weren't right uh, because I was told they weren't by someone else. <laughs> wow. Um, so, yeah, that was that was shitty. And it took a long, long time to shake off those insecurities. And it's not to say that they don't ever, ever pop back up for me. It's just that because it's not so much of a priority in my life or something that I value myself so much anymore that I've got a lot of other things I worry much more about, um, I'm just quicker at squashing them down these days. Yeah, so you went from modelling, you came back to Australia after that and then you sort of took on the role of like one of the OG influencers, I guess. Like <laughs> when influencing was huge, I suppose it is still huge, but like, you know, that really took off. Mm. What was that like and, and how did your friends kind of react to that being your job? It was really strange at the beginning because mm. – I mean, at the start, nothing was paid for. At the start, it was like, oh, my God, I I get free stuff and I'll just post about it. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I used to follow women with like ten to 15,000 followers who, who, you know, who weren't like 
um, famous actors or models or something. And I was like, who is this person? Like, and how, like they were always getting like free stuff. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. And so I remember buying stuff from brands and then posting about it as if I'd you know, got gifted it. Um, and Did I just you? felt so cool. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And it was, um, I mean, these are the early days and then it just started to happen for me. And I think it just got to a point where I started to get really close with brands like, you know, Bondi Sands. I worked with them for like seven, eight, seven or eight years, um, right from kind of the beginning of my career. And so with them, I grew and, and they grew and I kind of learned a lot through some of my relationships like that, where I got to work really closely with the founder of a brand and all the marketing team of a brand and would understand like how having relationships with people like me worked and, you know, what it did for their brand and their products and learned a lot more about that. And then I started to see a lot of value in that. <laughs> yeah. Well, because um, people, you know, they actually start to trust what you're talking about instead of going, hmm. oh, they're just flogging another brand and they're just doing another brand. But it's like, oh, Oh, there's actually some consistency here. Yeah, totally. And and that was a big lesson early on for me as well. Like I think like anyone when it first started up, I was just excited to get free stuff and, yeah. you know, if a brand wanted to work with me. Also coming from the modelling industry, you know, you take what you, you get, you you take the, every opportunity you get. And so like even if it's a brand you've never heard of or whatever, you model for it and you're happy to because they're booking you and you, you're getting paid good money. Yeah. And that that's what I was used to. So I it started off that way with Instagram as well. It was kind of just like I was just modelling but in a new form. But pretty quickly I started to put the pieces together and realise, well, actually these people that are following me are quite emotionally engaged and a lot of them are young women and I don't want to be promoting anything you know, directly like this. Like, sure, I'll still model for a few brands that I might not necessarily wear or use that skincare every day of my life because they have booked me for a beauty shoot, but I don't feel comfortable in actually pushing something myself. And it was really interesting because my modeling agency at the time, I always talked to them about this. I've still been with the same modeling industry from the beginning and I, I love them to be so like my family, but I always laugh because the first, I was their first kind of model who became an influencer. And so we had to kind of work out what that meant for a lot of clients and a lot of work. And, you know, this was my page that I'd work on and, and that I'd grown. So what does that mean for them? Because they're so used to being a part of all my, my yes. work. And so that was a really interesting conversation because I started to turn down work that they were sending me that was about, you know, Instagram posting and stuff like that because I might not be passionate. And they were like, hang on, no, 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 we're telling you that you've got this job. And I was like, yeah, but I don't, I don't want that. I don't want to post about that. This is my page. And it was really interesting because then we had to kind of come to a, a realisation that, oh, wait, yeah, no, you're right. It is different to just modeling you you are actually growing your your own brand as a person. people have a personal really connection important. with every yeah. brand you're posting about yeah yeah so it's been interesting well it was an interesting transition that was like eight or nine years ago yeah and then because you and um laura laura henshaw yeah. who you do keep it cleaner yeah. with you guys started keep it cleaner years ago was it called keep it clean to start yeah 2015 we launched an ebook called keep it clean and yeah. was that with the intention of where it's ended up now, like when you launched it? <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. We honestly, that our dreams and ambitions have just grown and grown and grown along the journey. But when it started with the ebook, that was absolutely just a passion project we both really wanted to do and execute and thought it was just a bit of fun. And we had no idea how it was going to go. And it, it really, 
it went really well, like surprisingly well. And I think about an a year after that kind of being live and still selling well, we were like, we need to do more with this. Like this community is growing and it's amazing. And we just wanted to be more in touch with them and do more for them and connect more with them. And it was, yeah, it was then that we then went into a subscription website and then we worked with another company that who kind of started our first program. And then, you know, in 2018, we went off on our own and launched our app. And that was insane. Like so much happened between 2015 and 2018. Kick has certainly not just come out of nowhere or been an overnight you know, success or anything like that. It's been a long time in the making and it's, it's just incredible. We continuously pinch ourselves with the opportunities that we get and where our business is at. And, you know, our team, I think is about 17 people at the moment and that's just insane to us. It's awesome. So yeah, just, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. But it is awesome. It's like it's a pinch yourself <laughs> moment. Like it's, yeah. it really has just gone from strength to strength over the years. We, at what point do you reckon you knew that you're like, okay, I actually need to, this is my job now. Like I am, this is my business. I need to yeah. put all my effort into it. Was that kind of when the app came out? Yeah. So basically since we launched the app, because we were managing our own team, there was a lot more, uh, I suppose, responsibility and, and pressure on making it work for sure. Uh, but I think the real, there was a, sh- it kind of just kept shifting over those years. So since 2018, we've kind of stepped more and more into the business. You know, um, Laura was still studying on the side. We both were still modeling. I was still modeling quite a lot and taking up a lot of Instagram work and, um, at the same time running another business as well or being a part of another business. And so it was just, it was an interesting time where we were all trying to balance it all, but at the same time really put a lot of our effort into kick. And throughout the years, we definitely just had to drop off things outside of kick because we realized it needed our full attention or a lot more attention. And it was, it was really awesome because the more we kind of put our love and effort into it, the bigger it grew. And it just, it was just a really amazing feeling to, I think, you know, go to work every day and know that you're making a difference to people's lives and that continues to motivate us to this day. Uh, yeah, so, yeah I, I feel like you guys nailed that kind of feeling of it's not about that kind of before and after look. Um, it yeah. was more about oh, it. Yeah, very anti that. Yeah, and it was and it was kind of refreshing, I reckon, because so many programs have been built around this is you after seven weeks or whatever, but it was more about actually creating a lifestyle that's sustainable. Yeah. And um and I think that that's probably why it resonated with so many people. Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's definitely what we what we continue to strive for because I think it's that was the gap in the market that we saw and it wasn't just, you know, an opportunity we saw and wanted to like grab it. It it was also because of what we both had been through personally and what we wanted to, I suppose, um, help our community through as well or help them avoid even if we could just make sure that, you know, women out there are moving their body or eating nutritious foods for the right reasons and, and not having those kind of more aesthetic goals um, that can sometimes be incredibly triggering to people and kind of send you down a downward spiral when it comes to your health and well-being and looking at it from a much more holistic view. That was definitely always our goal and still is to this day. And it's great to see that the fitness industry, the market is definitely changing more to that than, um, you know, where it was. But there's still a long way to go and we know that there is so many competitors in the market. We know we're not the only ones out there serving what we do, but we do think we have a strong point of difference and and one of those things is our community and we're just so incredibly proud of the community that, 
that we have, they're so empowering and, and strong and beautiful and unique in their own right and all on different, you know, ends of the fitness journey and it's just – Like you've got people all around the always, world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where's the trippiest place that you've kind of had someone reach out from and you're like, what? How is I, this even happening? This is going to sound so silly but like I can't even say it out loud because I'd never heard of the country before. Like it was – but it's funny because we look at some <laughs> we look at some countries and it's like one person is there. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. we have one subscriber from that country and I'm like who are you? <laughs> oh, you should be so proud. What would you say to someone who wants to start a business but know nothing about running a business? Like would yeah. you say it's crucial to surround yourself with people who know what they're doing or wing it or like how do you reckon you guys have done so well? I feel like there's no true perfect recipe, you know, for success in, in, in running a business. But I think, you know, I was someone who really doubted myself and I even have days now where I still doubt myself about being a businesswoman or an entrepreneur or a leader or, a, you know, co-founder of a business because I didn't study business in school. I didn't go to uni. I was never really that academic. I was always much more creative and into my sports and fitness. So for me, it was, uh, yeah, very, very easy to kind of fall down that trap of like, oh, I'm not good enough or I don't know enough. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but at the end of the day, if what you're working on is true passion of yours, like if it's values and it's goals and everything are quite aligned with your own, it's really easy to stay passionate and to just be continuously learning and hunger, like hungry for that learning. I, I, I don't know everything. I mean, that's why we have an incredible team that we do because Laura and I don't know everything and we couldn't do everything and execute it to how it is now. And that's, that's why you grow a team. But what I do know is what kick is and who our community is and what they're after in a product. And so however I can, you know, help the team with, with understanding that and continuing to work with them on ideas is really incredible to me. I'm, I'm quite a collaborative worker in that way. And I, love our teams to bits. But yes, when it comes to starting out, I think you just have to make sure that you don't necessarily need to know everything, but you need to make sure whatever you're working on is a passion of yours because there is some really hard hurdles that you're going to face. And if you are not super into it, (laughs) you'll give up pretty easily. And yeah, don't be afraid to also fail because that happens. As long as you learn from it, pick yourself back up and don't make the same mistake again. Um, Failure is is just not something to be scared of because it happens to everyone. And that's, I mean, we've failed a lot along the way and we've only learned from it and grown from there. So how do you work with your best friend? Cause I can imagine <laughs> some people will be reluctant to go into a business with their bestie. Um, you know, what, what if something happens to your friendship along the way, you and Laura, like uh, uh, friendship goals when you look online, um, has that been tough for you guys at times? It's so funny when we get asked this question, like at first I, I couldn't really understand where it was coming from just because it's always worked with us. But, you know, it, that's not to say that we agree on everything. There's certainly a lot that we still disagree on. We have very different strengths. So, um, you know, sometimes one of us might not understand the other or where it's where they're coming from. But at the end of the day, we have the same goals and ambitions for the business and we have a lot of the same values even outside of the business in our own personal lives and so I think that the love and respect that we have for one another just gets us through anything and 
the biggest thing that we've learned over this time is just to communicate with one another super clearly, like any relationship, like your relationship with your partner. Like you've just got to be really honest with how you're feeling. And if there's ever been any points where I've been feeling like some sort of tension between us, it's because I've made some shit up in my mind and I haven't spoken to Laura about how I'm feeling because as soon as I have opened my mouth about it or like talked through what I'm feeling. She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, it's like, yes. do you know what I mean? Like, it's just yes. one of those things that you just, you, you make it up in your own mind. But that's not to say that, you know, working with your best friend is always going to work out because more often than not, you know, from what we've heard, mm. it doesn't. And I have also worked with friends before in, in other, um, you know, levels of, of business and everything. And it hasn't, been so smooth and it hasn't gone so well and it has affected our friendship. So I know when it doesn't work and it can be really, really hard. So I think it's definitely worth being aware of and, you know, really, really think through who you are going into business with and how much you trust them. And I suppose just making sure that you've got all that in your mind before jumping into anything. But I will also say that if if it does work out for you and, you, you know, you get to work with someone that you love, there is so much so many positives and benefits in that as well. Like the the biggest and best thing for us is every challenge we've faced or every time something's gone wrong, we've had each other to, you know, lean on and support each other through it and really get through it. And it's, it's funny, there's been so many times where we might be faced with a really big decision or uh, even like a little one where one of us is like completely lost or really emotional about it or, you know, just can't, can't think straight or is quite negative. And then the other one just always happens to be calm and collected and just knows what to do and gets us through. It's it's really weird how we balance each other out like that. It's almost like when you go out with a friend and you're both having a great time and you're both drinking the same amount, but they somehow, you know, get really, really drunk and then suddenly you're sober because it's like, no, I need to look after <laughs> oh, this person. And it's like they know they've got to level up and be there yeah. for the other. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's, it's like that. I, I can't really think of any other way to describe it, but all I've known is even when I'm, feeling super stressed about something. If I feel Laura's incredibly anxious about something we're going through, I just somehow I'm like, it's fine. It's all going to be fine. You got this. <laughs> it's all good. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, you have a beautiful son called Harvey and yes. I want to talk about how Steph has changed since becoming a mum. What has motherhood been like for you? Now, I know this will be really hard to answer in probably a sentence because it's probably mm. far beyond even being able to explain, but how has that whole experience been for you? Well, it has been 
Okay, in the shortest sentence possible, it's been a dream come true. I have always, always, always wanted to be a mum and I knew I'd love it. I, but I also knew it had its challenges. I think I was really realistic going into motherhood. I'd done a lot of, I don't really want to say research, but I'd read a lot of books. I'd speak, spoken to a lot of women who had been mums and also balanced that with working and everything like that. And so I just felt like I was ready for that. And it's honestly the best thing. Harvey is the best thing to ever happen to me. And being his mum is like the n- number one most incredible and yet scary thing I've ever gone through in my life. Like it's, it's crazy. Sometimes I just sit there and I'm like, holy shit, I am keeping another human alive and that's a lot of pressure. And also the best part is it's actually, this is super selfish of me to say, but it's he's making me a better person because you constantly question everything you say or do or like what is in store for you in your future because you know how much of a sponge they are and he's certainly at that age where I'll literally do <laughs> an action and then he'll he'll do it straight away. So it's like, oh, my God, okay, he's going to do anything I do. And you just want to make sure that you're leading by example and there's a lot of pressure in that and I'm not saying I lead the perfect example. I'm not saying anyone does because, you know, to, to try and do that, you would just that that's just bad but um but it just it does make you think twice about things and it grounds you a lot and it's it's really incredible in that way and I'm so excited for you to experience it (laughs) because you have summed up like literally what I reckon every mum I've talked to has said it's like at the same time you're experiencing ultimate like ecstasy and ultimate craziness tiredness anxiety like all of that stuff but it's all at once and like it's almost like your unconditional love just gets you through Mm. and that's Mm -hmm. kind of the secret I I mean I don't know like and I just feel like everyone feels like they're under so much pressure and they want to get it right but the most important thing is to surrender and just kind of trust that things are going to work out has that been an important thing for you Yeah. And I think what I'm realizing is I've always, always really appreciated my parents and and loved my mum so much for everything that she's ever done for me as her daughter. But I think being a mum myself, that appreciation just grows and grows and grows. And I think what it's made me realize is like the certain things I'm doing in, in Harvey's growing up that mum's like, Oh, okay. I didn't do that. Or like, Oh, that's cool. That's interesting. Or that's different. Or we didn't use that. And I think what I'm realizing is that you know, not for one second have I ever doubted my mum as like an incredible mum or, you know, in any way, shape or form. Like even throughout my teens where she annoyed the shit out of me because all I wanted to do was like go out with boys and have some alcohol even though I was underage and she wouldn't let me. Like even though at that moment I was like probably a little bit of a bitch to her, (laughs) um, I loved her and she was the best mum I could ask for. And so I think – when I think about that and I think about how different things she's, she did to me growing up and how I, I wouldn't even know any different and it's, it's fine, I just think it releases a little bit of pressure on whenever I'm doubting myself with Harvey because I think just as long as you give them all of your love and you do what works for you, you know, and you've got the energy as well to continuously be there for them, um, I think that's all that they remember really. Because the average woman who is not on social media and has a big following 
gets unsolicited advice with parenting. It, like even yes, yes. from the get-go, like from the day you're pregnant, people start telling you things. And I've noticed Absolutely. online <laughs> that, you know, you might share some little birds of you and Harvey and then boom, like followed up with all this critical feedback of Steph, you should be doing this, Steph, you should be doing that. That yeah, must yeah. be really bloody tight, like bloody hard when you are so tired and you're just trying to do your best how do you block that out it's really hard because it's like I mean for the most part it's absolutely just people with a really yeah 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 and with a really really strong opinion who's just believes that there's only one way but then like occasionally you actually do get a insightful or educational comment but it always comes across differently like those people always come across in a you do whatever you need and whatever you want and I've got friends who do it every other different way but I just wanted to say like this is something that you could try if you wanted to this is blah 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 blah, and whatever and I can look at that and read that and be like yeah you know what that's not going to work for me I'm not even going to try it or I can be like oh you know what I'm going to I'm going to give that a go and who knows it might actually work for me it's actually coming from a helpful place not Absolutely. Deliberately judgmental. Yeah. 100%. So I think that I've been able to read, I've been able to tell the difference in those two and just kind of ignore the crap. And I I just think that the longer you, I mean, I've only been a mum for a year, but even over that year, the more confident I have got in knowing that whatever I do is going to be right. And even if it is wrong, I learn pretty quickly. Like if he doesn't like something, I know straight away. And the instincts that you have as a mother is just insane. And I think, you know, there's been so many times where I have questioned something and then I've asked a health professional that I trust and what I thought was right. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I just really need to trust myself a little bit more. So I think that's why you can get a little bit – that's why I think you can put barriers up as well when you do get people giving you advice or unsolicited advice because you're a bit like, no, 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 I know, I know what I'm doing. But at the same time, you're like, what am I doing? I have no (laughs) idea what I'm doing. And so it can be really hard. But um, yeah, I think, I think just knowing that every single, you know, mother goes through that same kind of thought process of questioning everything, thinking that they've absolutely got this and that they know exactly what their baby needs. And then the next minute, shit, I really don't know what I'm doing is so normal. Yeah. How have you found Steph at work and Steph at mum coexisting? Massive. It's been hard. Massive job for women. Like even women who choose not to work. It's just such a tough part in your life where all of a sudden you have a completely new identity, right? Um, Mm -hmm. How have you, have you found that it's kind of made you more motivation, more motivated at work? In a way, yeah, because I, I mean, I really, Harvey's future is like my number one priority now. You know, I want to make the world a better place for him. I want to make sure that he's, you know, financially supported or set up and all that. stuff. And it's not, you know, my number one priority or anything like that in finance. I want to make sure that he's comfortable and loved and, and all of that. But, you know, you can't deny how helpful that can go, how how far that can go with things like his education and and just all that sort of stuff is really important to me. So I, you know, just want to really, really hit the ground running with kick and work really, really hard. And we're in an incredible spot at the moment. Our team's working their little butts off um, with so many exciting changes happening to the product. And it's just, it's really, it's way too exciting to be a part of for me to not get FOMO when I'm at home. And I think that's why, you know, I didn't really go on like a full-time mat leave. I think I was in a 
weekly meeting from like two or three weeks old just because I wanted to be across everything and I just I couldn't help myself it was it's like it was hard but it was also I couldn't have done it any other way like I couldn't have taken that time off I think when you run your own business and own your own business you Mm. just you love it so much it was your first baby it's just like you just want to know what's going on you and you know that you don't have the mental capacity or the energy to actually you know, do the hard yards or to have strong responsibilities, but you still want to be able to have your say and you still want to know what's happening. And I really, really do feel for women who, you know, may, it may not be their business they and they're just on leave and at the end of the leave they come back to work and they have to catch up. Because even for me, I stayed in the loop and I worked here and there and I went to our events and I shot our content and then, you know, from I think nine months I went back to four days a week. Even for me, I was still, and I still feel that way, that I'm still catching up at the same time as being responsible for things and at the same time getting used to not being home with him. So I really do feel for women who, yeah, it must be a really scary process being completely out of the loop and it's something that I think – as a leader in our business as well, it's something that I'm really conscious of. You know, we've got someone in our team, the beautiful Nick, who is pregnant, which we are so excited for her. And we've got Kat, who's just come back from mat leave. Um, and I just want to make sure that I'm absolutely there for them and anyone else in our team that goes through this to know that I'm I'm there and I understand what they're going through and because it is, it's a really weird time in your life where you feel like you lose a little bit of yourself and, you know, you literally lose (laughs) your mind at times. I will be halfway through a sentence and honestly forget what I'm talking about. (laughs) But did you feel that like keeping your foot in the door and being able to be a part of those meetings kept you sane because you intellectually got to still stimulate yourself outside of just being a mother, even though it was so early on, I can imagine that was kind of almost like a little outlet. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and I just, my life is so, I, I live kick, like I live and breathe kick. I do kick workouts, you know, most days of the week. <laughs> yeah. I cook out recipes like, in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that is me. So I think not being a part of, you know, what's happening in the product or what we're doing as a brand would have been incredibly strange for me. And um, yeah, anyone that's passionate about what they do, I'm sure feels out of touch when they're on mat leave. So it is an interesting time. And it's even, as you said, for those who choose to, you know, not go back to work and, and stay as a stay at home mum and everything and continue that, or as a stay at home parent. That has its own it's challenges. Still, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, Josh is our caregiver at the moment. So he is home four days a week with Harvey by himself. Yeah. And well, mum's there for usually half a day on Fridays, actually, which has been really, really helpful. Um, but you know, whilst that's not even like full, full, full time stay at home parent by himself, um, if you compare it to, you know, someone who might be in a partnership where their partner's gone five days a week, nine to five, it's a little bit different. It's still very isolating. And it's been, I think we were really lucky, very, very lucky. And I know a lot of other couples who kind of had babies around COVID. There was a lot of downsides to it, but there was also positives in that you know, now a lot of companies are quite comfortable with people working from home. And I know a lot of my girlfriends who have had partners who, you know, had to go back to work after two weeks, but they could work from home. They felt really 
comforted in that and that their partner got to be around, you know, those early stages and there's so much development in the first year. I think, you know, the partner that does go back to work really does lose out on on certain really special special moments. So it's really important to be aware of that. But then at the same time, the parent that is home, they feel like they miss out on life. You, you can't <laughs> win, eh? It's like yeah. the grass is always greener in whichever situation yeah. you are. Uh, how, like, let's talk about, because this is one thing I'm really scared of with the baby and, like, the dynamic in your relationship because mm. you're ignorant to think that it's not going to change. You, you're under mm-hmm. immense stress, like, <laughs> with sleep deprivation and all that. What tips would you say have been crucial for you and Josh? So, so yeah, it, it does challenge you, like, to say the least. It really does challenge you as a couple, and which is why I it, it upsets me when you hear the whole, like, uh, you know, oh, we'll have a baby. They think it might fix everything. Yeah. It's, like, it's just mm, going to open up all the know. cracks. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say, again, like I touched on earlier with my relationship with Laura, open communication about how you're feeling always yes. is super important. Um, even if it's just clearly like I cannot, I need a moment. Like I, he's been screaming in my ear for like half an hour and I need you, I need to tap out. And them to understand that you are in a serious need of a hand and them just to be like, yep, no worries, and just tap out. And and for you to be able to both do that and balance things I think is really important. Now, obviously, generally there's always one person who does go back to work and so therefore that has its challenges as well because especially in the early months there's a lot of overnight waking and, yes, you are quite sleep deprived. Like it's it's all – it all comes with it. And when you're sleep deprived, you are on edge. You're quite emotional. You say shit you don't mean. And it's just, it's really hard. And for Josh and I, we were both sleep deprived because, you know, neither of us were, had a responsibility to work or go to work the next day. So we really shared that responsibility. Obviously I had to, I was doing the feeding because we were exclusively breastfeeding from the beginning, but, um, if he didn't need a feed and just needed to settle, I would, I would be like, okay, your turn. Um, so I was fortunate in that, but what I spoke to other mums about, so some of my other friends who had partners that were going back to work, the way that they honestly had to get through some of those really tough months were sleeping separately. And because in that way, at least one of you got a good sleep and slept through. So one of you was in their right mind the next morning and that person would take the morning shift. So get up early, maybe give the, the baby its first bottle or just like keep a company um, while the other person who's been up all night got to sleep a little bit in the morning and then when they have to go to work, you know, tap out. And that is quite common, I believe, and I think that that's a really good way to manage it. I think it's unrealistic for the person who is working to to kind of put all of the responsibility um, for the baby on the other person because being a full-time stay-at-home parent is a huge mental, physical, emotional load. And if you feel like you haven't, you know, I've got friends who have gone through it where they felt like they had absolutely no support and it's it's crucial. Like it's crucial to your relationship to um, help each other out. And I think the only way that you can know how to do that is by communicating it and knowing what how, how, you, how you're managing when someone's doing better than the other and, you know, what you can do to help. I think it's just really important to always have have that in mind. Because did you find it tough, like, because you've always been, you know, really probably in touch with 
your mental health with exercise and how that can make a really positive impact. But all of a sudden when you have a baby, it's like <laughs> you wanted all these things you could do before and like that would previously, you know, make you feel good. But sometimes it's just not that easy or you are too tired. Like how was that kind yeah. of barrier? Yeah, it's, it's really hard. And I think, again, it's only really gotten hard now I was able to balance it while we were both at home and I was kind of just managing work from home. Now that I'm back in the office four days a week, it's gotten really hard because I only really see Harvey, you know, in those four days, I only really see him in the morning when he first wakes for the first couple of hours and then I've got to go to work and then I'll get home maybe 10 minutes before he's got to go into his cot. So it's they're, they're really hard days and the hardest part about him is I like to soak up the morning with him because I know I'm not going to see him all day. But then that's four days of my week where I'm at work all day and I might not necessarily get home in time to like feel energised to do a workout or anything like that. So I've got to try and get it done in the morning. But if I do it in the morning, I'm not spending time with him and I'm not present with him and then I just – it's a roller coaster of emotions because like even the other morning I ended up doing a post about it because I was just like so frazzled in my mind by the time I got to work that I was like oh my god like what is wrong with you honestly just get your shit together and it was just because in the morning or the night before I was like you know what he's been sleeping past six this has been great so because for a while he's been a really early riser and when I mean early I mean like after five and so I was like He's been sleeping after six. I am going to get everything set up. I'm going to have my laptop out. I'm going to roll out the mat. I'm going to get my activewear ready. And I am going to get a workout in before I go and get him in the morning from his cot. And this is going to happen. It's going to be great. How'd that go? And I woke up that morning and it actually worked out. Like he was actually happy in his cot. He did wake halfway through the workout, but he wasn't upset. He just played with his teddies. So I was like, sweet, I'm going to keep going. He was actually, he drifted back off to sleep by the end of the workout. So I was like, I'm going to go have a shower. I need to wash my hair. I haven't done that in like five days. This is amazing. What a morning. Did that. Felt really good about myself. Went and got him up. He was in the best mood ever. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do my hair today because he is not in a crappy mood and he can just like play right at my feet and this is cute. Did my hair, felt really good, um, had some breakfast with him. And then on my way to work, I was like, shit, I didn't put the dishes away. Shit, I didn't make the bed. Oh, crap, I barely spent time with him. What the fuck? Like, I'm probably not going to be home in time to see him tonight. I got a really busy day. And like, all I gave a shit about was like getting my workout in and like doing my hair. And like, how selfish are you? Like, it's just, it's insane what goes through your mind. Because if I didn't get up and I didn't do that workout, or I didn't feel like I did those things that make me feel like me, I would have got to work and be like, Oh, I'm so I I'm just I'm not feeling it. It's I'm like you motivated. can't win, right? Yeah. So you just have to <laughs> yeah. cut yourself. Oh my god, my dog is eating the plant. Um, <laughs> you, <laughs> Peg, um, you just have to cut yourself some slack. Yeah, yeah. Like you're never going to be perfect. What is perfect? Like I'm. Yeah. I feel like pregnancy hormones have kicked in and I've become anal with cleaning. And <laughs> I'm like, why? If I'm caring about this shit now, like what stuff am I going to ruminate over when there's actually a baby here? Like it doesn't matter, Polly. Like there's just hmm. stupid little things. There's just, yeah, an insane perfectionist kind of thing that yeah. comes with it all. I don't know. Yeah. 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 So and cut yourself some slack, Steph. I know. You really do. We really do. Oh, everyone does. Everyone needs to. But it's um I think it was just yeah, sitting down and like writing my my thoughts out of like what actually went through my mind. I looked at back at that and I was like, 
whoa, like you were feeling so good. You were feeling so good and you did exactly what you wanted to do and what you'd set out to do. You know, you know this is good for your mental health. You know that looking after yourself like makes you a better mum for Harvey. Like don't feel bad about it. But I think it's just important to remember that like, you know, you don't, you're not always in the right mind. No. <laughs> Have you so, been able to journal much throughout this period? Because I find I've journaling is ways. so helpful. Yeah, I've gone through waves with journaling. Um, I think particularly through COVID and lockdown, I got super into it, like every morning, every night. And I think I might have, I might have pushed the limit of my journaling <laughs> and got. Yeah, I overdid it. And I was like, okay, I really need to take a break from this. And now that I've taken a break, it's really hard to kind of get back in a habit. But I need to find like the perfect kind of, well, not perfect. Yeah, it doesn't exist. But I need to find what motivates me or like, you know, what exactly do I actually want to put down on paper or like do I want a pattern of doing it every morning or do I just want to have it by my bedside and like whenever I'm feeling it, I just pick it up. I need to just work out what's going to work for me because I put way too much pressure on like having some – if I'm going to journal, even journaling, like you're, like, <laughs> you're being so harsh yourself of your journaling, Steph. Like, honestly, just take a deep breath and be kind to yourself. You are doing the best job you can. <laughs> oh, I was going to ask about like the shift of since becoming a mum and your audience online, because no mm. doubt you're, you're a model back in the day. You would have had a lot yeah. of dudes who were yeah. hitting tap yeah. and hitting those little hearts. <laughs> how much did that change when you became a mum? I mean, you'd be, you'd be surprised how many find, you know. Really? Attractive. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I, in all seriousness, my following has changed a lot. And, in fact, it, it's been dropping over the last year. And I even actually over the last three years since we've been through COVID and lockdown and everything. And I really don't blame people because where I – I think where I grew my following was I – would really show like every corner of my life. And I did a lot of exciting shit. I would model for really great brands. I would get to travel all over the world. So some people followed me for my travel. Some people followed me for my dog or, you know, maybe now my baby. Some people followed me for like fashion or modeling. Um, Others just wanted an insight to like what products I was using or what I was doing for my fitness or what I was eating. Like I, I shared so much that it was, it, for me, it was more just like, okay, I've obviously grown an audience that likes like little bits of different things and obviously some people like more than others and I think through COVID, obviously um, a lot of things happened in the world and a lot of people reevaluated, you know, how they were spending their time and which I thought was really important. I did the same and following did change and, um, you know, I wasn't travelling anywhere anymore. Literally every day I was probably just sharing my kick workout and what Josh and I were watching on TV that night. And like, I do not blame people for believing. <laughs> were you showing like more of an honest side about how, you know, how things aren't always great? Do you reckon that kind of put some people off? Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like I've always been pretty, not always, but like definitely even before COVID and everything, I've always shown, you know, those kind of sides of my life, but I just think it was it was just boring for some people and that's fine. Like I'm, and and even my life now, like I love my life right now. I, I'm a mum, which I'm so fortunate to be. And I, and I'm so grateful to that. And I'm, you know, running, I'm a part of a business and a team that is doing some incredible things. And I love what I do, which is, you know, I'm fortunate to even say that. Um, I have a loving relationship with my husband 
And so like I can't complain. I love my life. And I, I, I but I understand if it's not for everyone to watch and that's cool. I'm not here on this earth to please everyone. And I think, yeah, so whilst my following has changed and the engagement has changed and, you know, more often the DMs that I'm getting is, you know, what uh, sleep suit do you have Harvey in <laughs> um, or what's your favourite recipe on the Kit Kat? Like I love that. I love that they're the questions that I'm getting. It's much better than, oh, my God, nice bikini. Like I, I never enjoyed that. So I'm quite happy that that's gone. <laughs> how did Josh – I've always wanted to ask how did Josh deal with that back in the day. Oh, it just comes down to like trust. Like he, he was so supportive of me and my – in my career and was my biggest cheerleader and like I love him for that and he was always super supportive and just understood that that was just something that came with it. Oh man, that must be fascinating. Like I get, I've ha- I have had the occasional nice message, not nearly <laughs> to I imagine the level and like BJ, I, like, I actually kind of like it because it makes him a little bit jealous. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> like a little bit of health, a little bit of healthy jealousy <laughs> nice, here and there. Nice, you know? nice, nice. Keep it. Yeah, I love it. Keep it spicy. Um, <laughs> anyway. On that note, um, Steph, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. It's been so nice to catch up with you again. Oh, you too. Thank you so much for having me on. I was so excited to see that you were launching a podcast. I was like, to be honest, I was waiting for it. (laughs) (laughs) It was a long time coming. So good. So it was so nice to chat, Paige. All the best with Keep It Cleaner, all the best with Harvey and everything amazing you're doing and let's catch up soon. All the best with you and your baby. (laughs) Thank you. That was my chat with Steph. I can't believe that I tried to compare my DMs with her DMs. It would be very different. It was embarrassing. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that chat. Uh, Steph Glassmith, also known as Stephanie Miller. Very interesting insight into how Keep It Cleaner came about. How um, you work with a bestie. Because that wouldn't work for everyone. I think it's amazing that her and Laura pulled that off. And it's possibly, you know, their their weapon of success as to why it's gone so well. Um, So, yeah, really interesting to hear about that. Plus, just that classic balancing act of being a new mum and running a business at the same time and having that constant pressure of perfectionism we put on ourselves. Why do we do that? Love the chat. I hope you did as well. Um, And if you don't already, don't forget to subscribe to the PJ Podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I will see you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.